It's time for JT the Brick. This is about as good as it gets. <laughs> it is. There's some legends here. No now, doubt right? about it. I can't believe the Raiders had Cliff Branch and Fred Blinnikoff um, on the same team, but uh, <laughs> but they had they had such a dynamic team. JT the Brick. I just love the. I don't know. I just love the Raiders. I don't, I'm, I'm not sure why. Growing up in Kansas, I love John Madden and Mark Van Egan. Mark Van Egan. Mark Van Egan. Yeah. Um, guys like that. I just I don't know. I just love the Raiders for some reason. Jackpot, baby. And now here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you. Thanks for coming on today exciting times here on the flagship raider nation radio as our teammates are at the breakers in palm beach and doing an amazing job what a job plus our obvious team partner with the raiders and their digital team so we got a lot of sound to get to you've been hearing all the sound from the head coach and the gm from the breakers and uh, what they're talking about their philosophy going forward which i personally believe is a very important moment for the history of las vegas raiders football and this flagship station. Because it's really the first time we have our legs underneath us as a new flagship. Got a team of people over on the other side of the country helping out us here in Las Vegas with some good content in a time of year where there's not a lot of NFL content other than free agency. You introduce Devontae Adams, Chandler Jones. You go to the owners' meetings, and then things quiet down. And you wait for maybe a little bit of a trickle more of free agency. And then for the off-season program, so great work by everybody from Heidi to Vinny to everybody who's back there doing such a great job accumulating all this sound for us so we have something to talk about here. And I think it's a really important topic, at least for me, as we try to figure out the new mentality of this organization. In 20-plus years in the past, I was much more privy to what the philosophy was. Now getting to know Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler going forward, it's interesting to think what the country thinks about them, not only Raider fans, but NFL insiders who are all reacting to the Raiders. No matter who you are, the Raiders are in the top three of the offseason. I believe the Raiders won the offseason, but I don't really care much about that. Winning the offseason is just saying, hey, man, we, we struggled and we did a lot because we struggled. The Raiders won 10 games. They didn't struggle mightily, but they had a lot of problems off the field and they have players that aren't going to be here, and there's going to be a shakeout. It's like they're shaking the tree to see who they're going to keep and then who they're going to move on from. And that's what these gentlemen are getting peppered with, with every question. What do you want to do? What do you think of the draft? Devontae Adams, how did it happen? All of it. I think it's really compelling as we're brought to you by PTs. They fuel the monologue. As you know, 5 to 7, midnight to 2, the best happy hour in town. Got a Golden Knight game coming up there. They're proud partners with our VGK. And feels like every game is a must-win since I've been there on Saturday. The Vegas Golden Knights, NPTs, head on out. Bring some buddies and some friends. Go watch a game there. Go fill up all the PTs. Uh, Have their drink specials. Go there for happy hour leading into the game. And I promise you, you'll have a good time. So I want to get to this Dave, uh, Dave Ziegler sound here coming up in the monologue here. But I want to lead with the breaking news today that the overtime has been changed in the postseason going forward. And the reason this has been done is they can't change overtime in the regular season because there's too many games. And there's enough overtime games. And if you have a bunch of overtime games, I think in the morning bracket, in the first games, and they bleed into the late games, the way the television rights are, you can't leave a game and go to another game that's in progress. You got to stick with that game. And if you're doing that every Sunday, it could be chaos. So they're going to go with this in the postseason. 
And I think they're doing this for the fans. The NFL cares about the fans. You might think at times it's overpriced. Prices are too expensive. Television package is too expensive. You're right. A lot of this is very expensive. But the NFL does a great job at listening to their fans and understanding what their weaknesses are, and they want to evolve. So they decided to evolve with the postseason. So let's look at this two ways. First, how does it affect the Raiders? Well, it only affects the Raiders if they get to the postseason. So postseason rule, the Raiders went last year. They had first and goal at the nine-yard line, didn't score. That game could have went into overtime. They would have been on the road in Cincinnati. And you better believe the Raiders hoped that they could get a chance to touch the ball with Derek Carr because Joe Burrow could get it and go to the length of the field and the game would be over. So that's what's going to happen going forward. It's only happened 12 times in the history of the NFL that this rule will now come into play. So it might be a year or two. What happens next year if there are no overtime playoff games and the year after? So we don't know how often this is going to happen. But in case it happens, you, the fan, won't feel ripped off. You, the fan, will feel like your team had the best chance because they were allowed to touch the ball at least once. So the owners approved the modified proposal for overtime earlier this morning. That will grant every team a possession, each team a possession in the postseason. I like it. I like it because the last thing I'd want to do is sit in Allegiant Stadium or be in Kansas City and watch Mahomes get the ball and beat the Raiders in the playoffs and Carr sitting there without an opportunity to get last licks. I like the rule for the postseason because the offense has an unfair advantage over the defense. If it was more of a balanced game, I wouldn't have a problem. I'd say, hey, defense, go win the game. Go make a play. And now what's becoming very unique as they're discussing this today is what happens if you win the toss in overtime? Do you want to defer? Because you know you're going to get the ball. So if the other team gets it and they go down the length of the field, get a field goal, or they get a touchdown and the two-point extra point fails, you would get the ball back knowing exactly what you need to win the game. Exactly what you need. You need a touchdown and a two-point conversion. You need a touchdown and an extra point. You might just need a field goal. So that's going to be fascinating to see in the playoffs when this overtime rule comes into play, how many teams are going to bail on it and and, then defer and play defense. The Colts and Eagles proposed a mandatory possession and then ended up passing. Uh, Let's get out to Ian Rappaport at the NFL meetings at the Breakers in Florida and Palm Beach as this rule change was announced earlier today. Yeah, how much information are you seeking on that first drive? Do you go for two? Uh, so The two thing is interesting. Yeah, yeah right. do you go for two, and, and, and how aggressive are you? But, you know, in talking to coaches and talking to owners over the past couple of days, the sense was, guys, this was more popular among owners than it was in coaches. Coaches were a little more reserved. I know plenty of the coaches I spoke with were like, can we just play defense? Why do we have to change? But enough owners wanted to make this change. It ended up being 29-3 to 3 was the vote on the compromise solution. It's not the original Eagles coach proposal. That was for changing overtime where both teams got a possession in the regular season and playoffs. It is just the playoffs. Uh, but look, I mean, of all of the arguments, and we've talked about plenty of them over the last couple of days, doesn't Josh Allen deserve a possession is the strongest argument and in this in this NFL when quarterbacks dominate everything and we have seen it dominate the last three weeks of the offseason making sure that your guy gets possession seems to be the most important thing that's NFL network there so I think the owners as he said Ian Rappaport my friend Andrew Siciliano as they're talking about this the owners want it 
and the owners are in charge. Remember, these are the same owners that were just given a mandate in regards to minority hiring. Isn't that very interesting that the owners want this, but the owners were forced into a mandate over a racial topic about not enough African-Americans and minorities in positions of head coach and executives, and they're bringing women more into the fold in the interview process. So that's a mandate. Owners at the breakers are telling, are being told, we have a mandate because you owners are not doing enough to, to evolve and progress the Rooney rule. But then the owners come back and say, well, hey, entertainment, entertainment, our fans want to touch the ball. Our fans want to make sure we don't get robbed in overtime. I find that fascinating. These are the same owners. Now, because Mark Davis is a good friend and a boss, and I knew Al Davis, the topic of race never really comes up with the Raiders because the Raiders are at the forefront of racial issues with the NFL. Art Shell, Tom Flores, Amy Trask, all the people that you remember from the past who are currently still with us. So the Raiders are never tossed into that conversation about the Rooney rule because of Mr. Davis, the Hall of Famer, and everybody pretty much knows the way Mark Davis grew up. His best friend was Cliff Branch. His best friend now is George Atkinson. We know what Mark Davis with Marcel Reese and the way he loves his players and the what Mark Davis thinks about this. So Mark Davis doesn't have to worry about the Rooney rule. But I'd be interested when I talk to Mark next about overtime, what he thinks about this. Now, are we making too much out of this? As they've been keeping this rule here, since the current requirement for an opening possession touchdown, that was instituted in 2012 regular seasons. Teams winning the coin toss have won 50% of the time. That's it. The number has ticked up a bit to 54% since the league shortened overtime from a maximum of 15 to 10 minutes in 2017. But there has been a big jump in the postseason. So regular season, it doesn't matter much. So this is the stat that really fascinates me today. Since the previous playoff format was implemented in 2010, seven of 12 overtime games have been won on the opening possession. Seven of 12. And 10 of those 12s were won by the team that won the coin toss. Very important stat there. 10 of the 12 games won were by the team that won the coin toss. So this rule was instituted now for the playoffs because the flipping of a quarter should not matter that much. It should not end the season for a team of coin toss. A total of 12 games is not a large sample size, but it was significant enough for a rule change. I'd like to hear from Raider Nation on what you think about this. Is it a non-event? Is it a big deal? Do you like it? I mean, we're an NFL flagship station. We're one of 32. We've got to be involved in these conversations today. If you're a Raider fan, I think if you're a Raider season ticket holder, you got to love this. For the opportunity down the road of the Raiders playing in a home playoff game and not getting robbed by the coin toss and giving the ball to Devontae Adams and Derek Carr and Hunter Renfro with an opportunity to steal a victory after a team scores first. 702-365-9200. 702-365-9200 as we open up the show today. So that's a big deal. And it's a big deal because the NFL likes, likes to change the rules. The NFL wants to make sure that you're a satisfied customer as they continue to raise the price on you for beer, for parking, for tickets, for the direct TV package. Now you got to watch games on Amazon. you got to get the Amazon product. So the NFL is saying, hey, we'll work with you. Most of the fans will like this. I'd like to hear from a gambler or two because 
A lot of times, sports gamblers, they fascinate me. Because a lot of my friends are sports handicappers and gamblers. And a lot of them think they're know-it-alls. They think they're smarter than you. And they're wrong most of the time when they bet on football. And I'd like to know what the gamblers think about this new overtime rule because you're all going to get screwed. You're going to have a team, minus three, plus four and a half, whatever's going to happen. And then there's going to be a score in overtime and a two-point conversion and your entire bet is going to blow up in the fifth quarter. And it's going to blow up in the playoffs where you have a parlay. Now, of course, you might win. It could go either way. But from a gambler, does this make this more complex? Because I know some lunatics who believe they're so smart They're like Nostradamus when they bet, and they believe a game is going to get to overtime. They believe all of this. They really do. They gamble so much on football, they actually believe that their handicap matters more than the Westgate, more than Circa, more than Caesars. They actually believe that they know more than the sportsbook directors who lay the line. Well, if you're a gambler here, good luck. Because this is going to give you another opportunity to lose, more so than win. I promise you, I'll be taking a call on this this year in overtime. Another story I'm going to get to a little bit later on, the Buffalo Bills are getting public money, public money, $850 million. The vote's pretty much a done deal so the Bills can stay and get a new stadium in Orchard Park. The Raiders got $750 million in a hotel tax so they could move to Vegas and have arguably the coolest football experience out there. Notice I didn't say the most expensive stadium that came in on budget with Tommy White and the 872 laborers at, I believe, $1.9 billion, where Stan Kroenke went over by $2 billion because it rained for two days in L.A. and put that project back. I have not been to SoFi yet. Those who tell me it's better, it's bigger, it's more spread out, it's in Inglewood. Inglewood's nowhere near Vegas. Inglewood's not fun. Inglewood's a traffic jam. Inglewood's Inglewood. Las Vegas is the strip. Okay, there's there's no Mandalay Bay in Inglewood. There's no MGM Grand in Inglewood. Okay, you got to go to Inglewood to see a football game. I lived in L.A. for 10 years. The hell with that. I live live in the suburbs of Vegas. I can get to the strip in nine minutes if I hit the lights right. So Vegas got some public money. Little hotel wink, wink money, and everybody's happy. I'm an expert on this topic because I've been with the Raiders over 20 years, a lot of it in Oakland, where I sat in the parking lot with the black hole and everybody in Oakland and said, we don't want to leave Oakland. My opinion doesn't matter. I don't, I don't, I'm not from Oakland. I wasn't born a Raider fan. This is your topic. And they knew that if the vote came down to Libby Shaft and the politicians in Alameda, the Bay Area, the JPA, all of these lunatics who wanted to come in on this conversation, and I would just sit there with the Modelo in my hand, and I'd just shake my head and go, why are you wasting time? Why are you wasting time? These politicians suck. These politicians aren't going to help you. They get voted in and out of office every two to four years. Would you like to keep the team in Oakland or lose the team to Los Angeles or Carson or eventually Vegas? And those scoundrel politicians who don't know nothing about sports, is one of the reasons why the Raiders left Oakland. Buffalo saw this and the success of Mark Davis and the relocation, and it was part of the conversation. The Pagula family, who are billionaires, who are worth more than Mark Davis, were only going to put up a certain amount of money. Why is that? Because 
they're billionaires and they don't want to pour the concrete and they don't want to build the stadium and they don't want to own the stadium. They want to lease the stadium. They got a whole bunch of other businesses. They own the Buffalo Sabres. They got to deal with that arena. So the state of New York, which is only one team that plays in New York, the Bills, the Jets and the Giants play in Jersey, and they were able to get this money and everybody's going to be happy. No one in Buffalo is going to complain about hospitals and potholes and roads and education because they know they love their football team. And here in Vegas, we love our football team. Imagine living in Vegas today, everybody. March 29th, 2022 without the Raiders. Imagine that. Imagine you get up today and there was no Allegiant Stadium. There was just a dirt pile out there. No one knew what it was going to be. There was no Raiders. There were no concerts. There was no soccer games coming, USA soccer team, no Rolling Stones, no Raider games to get to because we all bitched and complained about the money. It's incredible. We live in a fantasy land out here in Las Vegas. All we need to do is just add a couple of pennies on the way to a hotel room tax, and we are able to be assisted with a football team. It really is genius when you think about it. Raise your hand and beep your horn if you've ever looked at your bill when you checked out of a hotel. I just checked out of a hotel with my wife two weeks ago, and I said, do you got the receipt? She goes, no, it's going to be emailed. Okay. I didn't look at it. I don't know what there was a resort tax, or they charged me double room service. Just going to email it. You think people in Vegas, when they check out from Birmingham, Alabama, or Madison, Wisconsin, see the pennies on the bottom of the bill, that tax, and they complain and they throw down the, they throw down the receipt in front of the front desk and say, I'm not paying. I'm not helping with the Raiders. No one cares. Life's too short. Life's too short. You don't know when it's going to end. You want to have a football stadium. You want to have an NBA arena. You want to have an NHL team in your city. How did it take Vegas this long after Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra, Wayne Newton, Elvis Presley, everybody who's been here this long to get a football team? And Buffalo and the Raiders are going to have these state-of-the-art stadiums while other teams figure out what they're going to do next. We'll talk about that over the next couple of days. I'm fascinated by this topic because I had to sit up there in Oakland on the fraud flagship station when they thought I was moving the team. They thought I was the guy there. I was the economic developer trying to move the team out of Oakland. Never wanted to leave Oakland. Loved Oakland. Loved Oakland. Why wouldn't I? But the politicians there were scoundrels. And they're not scoundrels in Buffalo. I mean, what else are you going to do in Buffalo? Imagine being in Buffalo and not having the bills. Ooh. Woo. Imagine being in Buffalo and not having the Buffalo bills and the ability to go to a tailgate for a game there. I'm going to save some of this. Dave Ziegler sound coming up here. And again, Raider fans, I want to know your opinion from a gambling perspective about overtime in the playoffs. It's not the regular season. The Raiders were the undisputed kings of overtime last year. Some of the best memories of my life at Allegiant Stadium, Baltimore beating the Chargers in overtime, which was so fun and so exciting. Such a great experience there, but really a lot of anxiety and nervousness in those games. Raiders made the playoffs because of their success on the last play in overtime or their success in overtimes or at the end of games. Tremendous season. You'll never see anything like that again. It's just too hard to do what the Raiders did last year. But Raider fans, would you rather see this rule in the regular season too or do you not care about the regular season? The playoffs matter the most. 702-365-9200 as we get going here. I don't got T-shirts to give away. 
Okay, I, I don't. I have a Grimaldi's gift card tomorrow. I'm looking for callers who have the passion and the intensity that I have to call in during the off season because I'm talking about the NCAA tournament. I got NBA today on the show. We're a full service sports talk show in the off season of the Raiders. Mike in Staten, Italy. Here's a guy from Manhattan, not Vegas. How are you, Mikey? Yo, JT. I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. Buffalo, no disrespect to Buffalo. It's a very challenging uh, course the living there now with gases. This could only elevate Buffalo. Buffalo gets half its fans from Canada. They need a new thing to come in. Uh, they ha- But it, JT, it's 2023-24 before they get this built. It has to have a retractable dome. It'll get a Super Bowl. Just there will pay for a quarter of it. They get the, the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Buffalo Bills fans, if anything, are rabbit fans. They deserve the best, and you're right. Hotel rooms, restaurants, what it brings to the community. Uh, it's insane to worry about $840 million from it. Listen, they, they waste more than that on other things. Now they're having a stadium. Couldn't go any better. But, JT, I haven't talked to you in a while. How great, and I mean great, of an offseason is the Oakland, uh, Oakland Raiders. Las Vegas Raiders having. They totally redid their defensive back. They got speed in the linebackers. Their front four are going to be monsters. JT, and I haven't even talked about the greatest wide receiver today playing with Carr. And you know what, JT? Uh, uh, a signing that went under the radar, and I, I don't know if I heard you speak to it. I love Gilbert as the backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. A veteran, veteran leadership that could be there to calm down and, and that can manage a game for the Raiders. I love it, JT. Thanks, Mikey. Appreciate it. Again, I think the Raiders, I don't know. We'll talk about her in the market for another backup quarterback. I don't know what Gilbert can do, Garrett Gilbert, with the Patriots if he was called on to play a significant amount of time. A significant amount of time. God forbid Derek Carr wasn't able to go. So I think they're going to want to have another stopgap there. But it's another example of Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler wanting someone who's going to help in the quarterback room with the verbiage of Josh McDaniels' playbook. And I can't imagine it being more complicated than John Gruden. You imagine what Derek Carr dealt with, the John Gruden playbook, as deep and as unique as any playbook ever in the history of football because it came from the Bill Walsh tree. It came from you know him working with Andy Reid and Mike Holmgren and then Gruden adding everything to it because he was a madman in building plays and doing all that. But Josh McDaniel's playbook is arguably the greatest in the history of the NFL as a coordinator going to a head coach. As I've said, no coordinator in NFL history has won six Super Bowl rings. So he's more than qualified to be a head coach who calls plays. And the verbiage with Derek Carr is going to be very interesting, and Derek never seems to have a problem with that. I mean, Derek, again, it's got a master's degree in John Gruden verbiage. It can't be more difficult with Josh McDaniels. And there's so many Patriots now in that room on the offensive side of the ball that they're going to be able to quickly tell Darren Waller and tell Josh Jacobs and get everybody through the verbiage of how this playbook is going to expand or maybe get simpler. I've always called for a simpler playbook. You know, if it was me and I was calling the plays, It'd be two to Devontae Adams, one to Waller, one to Renfro. Pretty much every time, and I'd hand it off, and I wouldn't be obvious about it. Every time I came out, I'd go four wide. 
four wide. I'd have Rentro in the slot. I'd have Waller wide. I'd have Devontae wide on the other side with all these other receivers. And I'd be throwing, throwing, throwing. Because that's where the league is now, and Carr is up to that challenge. 702-365-9200-211. Steel Reserve, you're up next. What's up, JT? Hey, man, I'm going to tip my hat off to the, uh, the Bills and their uh, politicians out there. Uh, that's a great thing. They were able to keep their team, man, especially after what we went through, losing the, uh, the Raiders here in Oakland. I, I, I'm totally with you about these politicians, man. Growing up a Raider fan and being a season ticket holder out here in the Bay Area, I always knew that the Raiders leaving was always a possibility. So I don't understand why people will get upset with you or whoever. You know, I, I had friends, too, that get upset. But we always knew it was a possibility. Did I want it to happen? No. Did I see it coming? Yeah. But, uh, and it's not just Levy Shaft. Like you said, these guys are only, these people are only in there for three to four years at a time. It's a bunch of them that dropped the ball. So it is what it is. And then, uh. I don't, and I'll tell you right now, I don't mind paying that. I'm not, I'm not from Vegas. I do mm-hmm. free go in Vegas. And I don't mind paying that tax at all, especially for my team. And like you said, I don't, I don't be looking at the bill. You have a good time. You leave Vegas. You're happy. You go back to the uh, life and uh, you do your thing. So I'm happy for the Raiders and Mark. And it was something that had to happen to modernize the team. Let's keep it real. And uh, that's basically it, JT. Man, you talking about this office. I'm so juiced, JT. It just feels like. We were hoping that Gruden would open up the plays a little more. But we actually never got to see that. But I have a – man, I'm so excited because I think we're going to see it with this guy and this squad we have now. Oh, man, I'm so juiced. Hey, JT, keep it up, brother. Thanks a lot. Appreciate the call. You know, again, you know, Mark Davis went through a lot in regards to the meetings and the public events that he went to up in Oakland. And when he sat in front of the individuals deciding and, and, and interacted with the fans, Mark interacted with fans in public on this and caught a lot of heat, caught a lot of heat moving the team. And I've talked to a lot of Oakland fans over the years that have calmed down on that topic and are happy to be in Vegas. It's tough to explain Vegas until now because everybody who's a diehard Raider fan from Oakland understands now the, the existing new revenue stream here that's giving the Raiders the ability to get better players. That was always hoped on, and now it's happening. I don't think that the Raiders could have pulled off these deals in Oakland. I could be wrong. They didn't have the revenue stream at the Coliseum. And the A's, the A's were up there. The A's weren't doing them any favors. The location was fine by me. But you could never develop in that area around the Coliseum. You're going to put up condos and steakhouses and movie theaters. Are you out of your mind? Have you ever been there? It's beautiful for tailgating. I love BART. They weren't going to develop that. And that's what they're saying they're going to do in Inglewood. They're going to develop in Inglewood. So let me get this straight. The Rams aren't playing on a Friday night, and my wife and I are going to drive in L.A. to go to Inglewood for what? Dinner at the stadium? Give me a break. People don't. People, people love Vegas. Vegas is fun. Inglewood is sprawl. Inglewood is traffic. So I don't care if their stadium's bigger, if it's more expensive. It's not Vegas. You can't do what you can do in Vegas, and that's got to be a draw. It's got to be a draw because when more and more of these leagues, especially college basketball and college football, see how easy the stadium is. And good, remember, it doesn't have a lot of parking. I think that's going to change in the future. There's going to be more and more of those industrial spots that turn into parking. There's going to be more restaurants and bars around the stadium. And and that's going to develop. That's going to take five, ten years to develop. But the fact that people can walk from the Strip over the Hacienda Bridge to a game and a Super Bowl as the Strip is closed off for the draft, 
I mean, we got very lucky here. Vegas should be very proud of this deal that's coming down. And Buffalo thinks that the Las Vegas Raiders set the blueprint for them. And they quoted Mark Davis in the Buffalo News today. 702-365-9200. We have Dave Ziegler sound that I want to hear along with you coming up here in a little bit. Olden Polonies on everything that's happening around the world. He wanted to talk about Will Smith and the slap of Chris Rock. And the Lakers in the tank also will preview the Final Four. Great opportunity with Coach K. You're going to hear a lot of Final Four talk with me tomorrow. We're supposed to have a Vegas Golden Knight on. As the Golden Knights have to almost, it almost feels like they have to win out. They have to just be fantastic the rest of the way. As Dagnoff is back, as they tried to trade him, it didn't go through. And he helped them win the game that I went to on Saturday. And then all the other news that is out there. We got a busy day today. Great guest as always. Thanks for listening. We're brought to you by Grimaldi's, five locations in the Valley here, home of the Brooklyn Bridge Pizza, the great Caesar salad, dessert menu, wine, cervezas. Head on out to Grimaldi's if you want that New York brick oven pizza style that you can get right under the Brooklyn Bridge, best pizza I've ever had. A good show lined up today. Overtime has changed in the playoffs. We want the reaction. We want to hear from the Raider Nation. I think people have to make hard decisions. You know, I mean, look, you, you know, you, you can pay a certain number of people, but you can't pay everybody at, at a, uh, the same level. And so people try to do what they think is in their best interest. And, you know, and, and again, we'll, and there, there's going to be more tough decisions ahead for everybody. Well, Josh McDaniels, more tough decisions ahead. They've been telling you what they're doing. They're going to be very patient in regards to their decisions. And the decisions are going to be uh, very focused on coaching the players better. This is so simple for us to see because they're telling us. The new Raiders hierarchy is telling us that the players that are going to be left from the previous regime better be better. They're going to give them a chance. They're going to coach them. They're going to see how good they are. And this doesn't go for Colton Miller, Max Crosby, Derek Carr. You know, maybe Josh Jacobs, just a handful of guys. Everybody else, you're on the clock. They're going to check you out. They're going to see you in off-season conditioning. They're going to see if you're the first in the building, the last out. They're going to see if you fit in with their model. And if you impress them, you'll stay. If not, you'll be let go. And they'll bring in players at maybe a lesser price, players you're not familiar with, and they'll coach them up. Dave Ziegler wants players at a good, fair price. But he went out and spent a lot of money on Chandler Jones and Devontae Adams. So you can't say, you know, he is a big spender. Because they went out and did two massive deals. Massive deals. But he's also very prudent on the players that he has and how they navigated around the cap and restructured contracts. These guys are busting their back to make these puzzle pieces fit. And there's just a few pieces left because anybody else who wasn't cut, who wasn't traded, who's still on the roster, I don't know how safe they should feel, but they should feel okay because they made it through the first wave before the second wave comes. According to NFL.com, the best available free agents left. So NFL.com, if you want to play along, they put up a list of 101 free agents. They ranked them 1 to 101. And all the ones that signed, they took off the list. And the remaining top ones are Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, who the Raiders could use, 
at the right price. And he's not balking. Honey Badger isn't moving at all. He's not going to play for cheap. He's not going to take a deal. He's not going to come to the Raiders for a third the price. He doesn't need to do that. But according to NFL.com, he's the best free agent still left. Odell Beckham Jr., who I don't think is a fit for the Raiders for a number of reasons. Stephon Gilmore. Stephon Gilmore is available again. I would think that the market has dropped so significantly that the Raiders can get a hometown Patriot deal with him coming here with Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels. I'm assuming that. And then the other big boy, Bobby Wagner, uh, the great linebacker, the first ballot Hall of Famer at the age of 32. Uh, His price, it seems like Baltimore is the front runner to get him or the Rams. I wish the Raiders were in that hunt because the Raiders always struggle at linebacker, always do. And even though Perryman had a very good year in a Pro Bowl year, he's not Bobby Wagner. Uh, Davion Clowney is in the top 20. The Raiders don't need him at edge. And then Calais Campbell. Wow. Calais Campbell, the largest human being I've ever stood next to in my life, ever. Calais Campbell in a restaurant in Scottsdale. And he's still effective at his age. He's still effective, and he blows up the line of scrimmage, absolutely destroys the line of scrimmage. So I think the Raiders here are looking pretty good. They went shopping, and they got some good players. And they, I think the last, the last two left that I'm interested in is Bobby Wagner if the market drops, and obviously Stephon Gilmore. Stephon Gilmore, to me, would be the perfect Raider on a one- or two-year deal. I think he'd be better than Casey Hayward, and Casey Hayward did a pretty good job. That'd be a hell of a fit, but they do have they 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 are adding depth at the cornerback position with Rock Yassin, and then clearly Trayvon Mullen, who was a high draft pick and and should be getting better and better. Chris in West Oakland, always good to hear from you, Chris. What's happening? Hey JT, loving all the Raider talk. Uh, look, well, for a couple quick things before I get to that. I heard the thing about Buffalo. Look, definitely need a new stadium, but. As far as the Super Bowl, I know every team that gets a new stadium eventually gets the Super Bowl. Good luck going to Buffalo in February. Where's the host city going to be? If you do it in New York, the weather could be so bad, half the people couldn't even get to the game. I, I know it's the way of the future and the way the NFL is, but count me out of ever wanting to go to Buffalo pretty much any time, let alone in February. And you're right about the Raiders. Look, they could have got these deals done with a new stadium in Oakland. It was never going to happen in the Coliseum, and I agree with you. All this development crap, just give me a brand-new stadium. Football's an all-day tailgate event. I'm up at 5 o'clock in the morning, cooking at 8, drinking all day. When the game's over, JT, I'm packing my stuff up, going home and going to bed. I'm not looking to go to dinner after the football game, and I just don't begin the same thing. East Oakland, Inglewood. If you've ever driven through these places, it's not a place the average person is going to say, hey, let's go get dinner on Saturday night if there's not a football game going on. And I know the stadium's more expensive in Inglewood. It's not better. It just costs twice as much because the real estate costs twice as much in California. But people dared Mark Davis to go out and get a better deal, and that's what he did. He surprised a lot of people. My hat's off to Mark Davis. I've heard you interview him. He wanted to stay in Oakland. He was given no choice, and he made the best of a bad situation. It's bittersweet to me, but I'm glad the revenue is there. And we're talking about the Raiders offseason. As I said before, JT, Ziegler and their talent evaluation is the most important thing. I get tired of hearing about coach him up. We're going to bring in. This is the NFL. 
players win, not coaches. I know you love Josh McDaniels, and I'm not saying he can't coach. He's got six Super Bowl rings because he stood and watched Tom Brady. No Patriot assistant has ever gone on to success elsewhere. Not saying he can't coach, but the emphasis on bringing in better players. The Raiders have had 11 different defensive coordinators since they finished in the top 20 in defense 19 years ago. It's not the coaches, but finally we've got a front office that's placing a premium on player talent and a different type of player. We're getting ball hawks. We're getting guys around the football. And the one other guy you mentioned, give me Calais Campbell to collapse the pocket so the quarterback doesn't have anybody to step up in. And Max Crosby and Chandler Jones will both have 15 sack seasons if we get a Calais Campbell. Finally, JT, and I'll talk more about it as the week goes on, this is all about the Final Four and the Blue Bloods. Can't believe after all these years and the success of the programs that Duke and Carolina have never met. I picked against Duke. I thought they were going to lose against Texas Tech. The entire field is, is, is opened up. This team has grown up. I'm with you, JT. I think Coach K is going to get it done. The ratings are going to be a monster with Duke and Carolina, and then hopefully Coach K's final game on Monday night. One more thing. I owe you a phone call on the night show or even here. I'm going to eviscerate the Oakland A's management and the crap they're doing to us fans again. That's going to take a segment unto itself, and I won't get into it now, but just know that's coming. Thank you, my friend. Can't wait for the Final Four, and I'm still up in the air. I might hop a plane Thursday and make it to New Orleans. I'm trying to make it happen. Thank you, my friend, for letting me rant. I'll talk to you later. Yeah, you got it. I don't mention the Oakland A's much here because it's a waste of a topic. I tried to take the two hours I have minus our partners, our commercials, our updates. I try to give you everything I got for two hours. I can't believe the amount of content that is wasted in Vegas on topics that would never get on my radio show, including the Oakland A's coming here. The amount of hours that have been wasted on this topic, uh, not on my show, will never be returned again to the audience that had to put up with that crap. Give me the AAA aviators in my neighborhood and $2 beers and a brand new stadium over the Oakland A's in Vegas any day. It won't work. Dave Cavill is a terrible representative of a major league team. The team uh, cries poverty in a bigger market. Imagine the poverty they would cry if they came to Vegas. And again, I never believed that on a Tuesday night you were going to get 40,000 people when it's 111 degrees to go to a dome stadium to see the Kansas City Royals for a four-game set. Dumb idea. Dumb idea. Come out, tailgate at my house, and I'll walk you into an aviator game. You'll have a much better time. 702-365-9200. Some of the Dave Ziegler sound that I wanted you to hear. He talked about the blueprint yesterday at the Breakers. Free agency, the plan that they had going in to make the team better. Well, you you definitely go in with a blueprint of, I think, free agency is a time to, to address needs, right? And so you definitely go in with a blueprint of, all right, these are some of the specific needs we want to address. Um, in terms of like, to answer your question more specifically, in terms of like scripting the top 15 plays, like, and scripting the top 15 players, right? right that doesn't necessarily remain as clear because there's a market, right? And there's values on different players and that market kind of can ebb, ebb and flow depending on buyers and, right. you know, sellers and all those different types of things. And so. 
Um, while you do go in and you have a certain focus on like certain players, because you you do attach value to players, so you have an you you think you have an idea of okay these these players are going to be in this price range, these players are going to be in this price range, so on and so forth. And so, you know, you have an idea of of um, there are certain players that I think you you prioritize, but it's a really it's fluid because you really just don't know where the market's going to go in that regard. Yeah, and I think they waited on the market at the start of free agency. One more cut from the GM, Dave Ziegler, on the two big names, the targets in Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones and how they were able to pull it off. They were unto themselves, but I would say Chandler, um, was he a priority? Well, yeah, he's one of the best pass rushers available. And so anytime, like, those are premium positions, so I think you need to do your work um, on those premium positions. And so... Again, didn't know how, that was one we didn't know how that was just going to materialize, how the market was going to materialize. Um, you know, there was obviously, um, you know, we had we had moved Yannick, um, and so you know there was the opportunity to add another, you know, to add to add the pass rusher, and there was that dynamic too. And so, um, so to answer your question, I mean, yes, he was one of the players that we we were highly interested in, just didn't know how that one was going to go and how it was going to kind of fall out. You know, these were expensive, bold moves to get Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones. But remember, as Yannick Ngakwe went to Indy, Rocky Asin comes in a starting corner. So Chandler Jones is not only a starter, he's a potential Hall of Famer. You get a starting corner, and you lock up Matt Crosby to a long-term deal. And those are three big pieces even before Devontae Adams goes down. And I think at the breakers, I talked to two insiders Two friends of mine, one representing Denver, the other Baltimore, and I asked him, what's the buzz like with the Raiders? And he said, both of them said, the Raiders got a big crowd around them. A lot of people, national media, are going over listening to what the Raiders have to say about explaining their offseason. Very impressive. 702-365-9200 as we continue on. We want to thank our friends at Modelo. When you are ready for the NFL draft and you're on the strip, the amount of Modelo signing you're going to see during this draft is going to be amazing. Modelo Especial is a rich, full-flavored Pilsner-style lager, a crisp, refreshing taste brewed with a fighting spirit since 1925. When we come back, we'll get into the Lakers. Every game is a must-win the rest of the way. Olden Polonese will join us next hour, one of my favorite guests of all time, and we'll also dive into the numbers that are moving when it comes to the Final Four from a Vegas perspective. JT, Raider Nation Radio. Yeah, on the on the surface right now, I think our first picks in the third round, and again, we'll see like that's where we end up, or you know, or or, or we don't. But um, actually, I've had some experiences when I was in New England where we didn't have a first round pick. I think there there was a couple years there um, where we didn't. There might have even been one year, uh, might be there might even have been one year where we didn't have a first or a second. I can't remember. But um, uh, so so I've experienced it. So the fact that I've experienced it won't make it as strange as maybe as I, as if I had never experienced it. And so, um, yeah, we'll just kind of let it, you know, if that's where we end up and we're not picking to the third round, then there's, all, there's um, a little bit more time to continue to prepare 
um, continue to kind of get organized. You'll see where things fall. You'll have a very clear picture of what's available and what's not. And, um, you know, I think, you know, we'll have a, a plan to execute at that point if that's the way it goes. Dave Ziegler on the draft coming up and where the Raiders are going to be. I think it's another huge topic. I just look at it as a marketing perspective, and the Raiders don't. Raiders want to have the best players available, so they gave up draft equity to get Devontae Adams. I think 99.9% of the Raider Nation are cool with that. If I would have told you, would you rather have that 22nd pick overall of Devontae Adams? I mean, again, 99% Raider fans would have said the hell with the draft. But we're hosting the draft. And you want to see a sea, an army of silver and black walking down the strip. And a lot of people here, I hope, are still coming. Because it's going to be a Mardi Gras type NFL atmosphere here and we have to represent. Uh, Could the Raiders move into the first round? Of course they can. But in order to do that, they'd have to make a trade. And I think that the Raiders have some players they could still trade to move to get into the draft if that's where they want to go. If the Raiders are looking at some contracts here and some players that are still good and have something left and the, the new group here doesn't want those players, they don't feel like they're tied to them and they want to trade one of those players in some type of package to get into the first round, I'm all for that. But that's the only way they're going to do it. I don't think they're going to trade a first-round pick from three years ago to get up into the late first round. I don't see that happening here. Well, it's not going to be the end of the world, but it's an important time because it would be really nice if they had a high draft pick, but I'd rather have Devontae Adams. 702-365-9200. Let's play this piece of sound on Carr's potential contract extension, which it really is something Dave Ziegler has to be comfortable talking about. I'm not comfortable talking about it because I don't get involved with Derek's money, and we all know he's getting an extension, but the GM has to talk about it because he's negotiating the deal. Well, at first, I first would say in, in the, the, the sweet spot, yeah. like um, that buzzword, I mean, that's really important in every contract negotiation because yeah. um, that's how they get done. Yeah. Um, you know, in far, as far as the contract negotiations with Derek or with any player here, here's what I would say with, about that and, and, and I mean and I, and I do mean this is that those are really um, they are really personal they're personal things right they're personal to the player they're personal to their families they're personal for the organization and we've all probably been through different con- contract negotiations ourselves so for me I think those really are things that um, the way that I'm going to handle those things here and going forward is keeping those in-house keeping those discussions between um, myself and Tim and Derek, and I just think that's the right way to do business. I think that's the appropriate and most respect, respectful way to do business. Um, you know, I've known Tim for a long time. Tim, Tim's a good agent. He's a good person. Um, I've always enjoyed working with Tim. Um, and so, you know, we'll just we'll keep keep hammering away and keep you know keep working together, whether it's Tim or with any other agent. But I do think like I think the best practice is to keep those things in house and and um, just continue to to work through them. And you can make sure that this will all be in-house. This will all be in-house as they're going to sit there and they are not going to negotiate in the media there. Uh, The term sweet spot is a word that we've been hearing about for Derek to find the sweet spot within the organization so the organization can be productive with their cap and their finances going forward. But with Devontae Adams getting paid, Derek having a lot to do with that deal because they're best friends, uh, Derek is on deck and we all know that. 702-365-9200. 702-365-9200. I'm on Twitter at JT the Brick and on Facebook at JT the Brick. Uh, when we come back, I'll reset with the new overtime rules and what is happening there and how could it affect 
the Raiders going forward. We're planning on the Raiders being in the playoffs. I know we all are for years to come. How will that affect the silver and black in the postseason and their philosophy? JT on the flagship of the Raiders, Raider Nation Radio 920.